like to wait to see how things turn out. If you apply some pressure, I like to wait and see how things turn out. How does it go again? Oh my god, Welcome to Britpop Banter, my name is Kevin. I'm Leslie. This is season two, what happened after Britpop. Uh, we've got ten episodes to go after this, and we're done with season two. So to put it on Facebook, we're at Britpop Banter. Email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. All views are expressed on this podcast are 100% our own, and while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate the talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Have I been out in the sun all day or something? Because yeah. I bowls that up. What happened today in the sun? Nothing. Playing golf? Did we? Who won? Two shots. Literally, hold on. 40 seconds in. Yeah. 40 seconds. Yeah, I won. I didn't even bring it up on the last one. I won. You want to get... Like, I won, though. Two shots. Look, I won it was golf. Just, I won. It was just that I played terrible and you played that a little bit better than terrible. No, yeah, fractionally. Fractionally. It came down to whole 17 and 18, I think, because yeah. we were both shit the whole way through it. It was terrible. It was, it was embarrassing. There were some good shots. There was you pulled out a crack out of credit where it's due. Cracking putt. Amazing putt. The putt was what kept me in. It was. Uh, no one wants to hear about our golf and certainly about you winning. Uh, I will point out you have a beautiful streak of sunburn on your forehead. Do I really is it just not like? Is it not a cap mark? It would have. It would have come up. Did you wear the cap on the way home? Yeah. Right. Did you take it off when you had a shower? Yeah. It's not the cap. <laughs> <laughs> You've got sunburn. <laughs> like a like a a superhero. In the summer. I don't I know. I mean, in the winter. It was a beautiful day though. But how would I get sunburn if my caps? Oh. I did apply a fair few times the old suntan lotion. Didn't even offer me any. No, because you've got Mediterranean skin apparently. So. You do tan really well. I don't. I'm pasty white, so I burn non-stop. So I put on a few latherings. Uh, oh, well. This episode is all about charlatans. So, a, you know, a band, obviously hugely popular in the, the 90s, sneaking in. Uh, this album is my pick, so I can't wait to get your thoughts on this. Um, last week, Turin Breaks. Uh, they were, that was my pick. It was your pick. I thought it was nice. Nice episode. And I think people liked it. And people agreed with me about it being the same, like Future Boy being the problem. Future Boy was the problem. Mm. It was an almost perfect album. Mm-hmm. Is this an almost perfect album? Oh, oh no. Well. Because you don't know what I think about this. No, I don't. We haven't talked about this at all. Um, and I don't want to give it away. Is this an album I really like? Yes. Okay. Um, you said that about athlete. Well, I like athlete. Still. Oh God. Yes. Right. Uh, how's your week been? It's been alright. How has today's the last Friday you've got off, and that's why we played golf today. Yeah. You go back to work full time. How's that going to go? It's, um, difficult. <laughs> So how many Fridays of you? Because you're um, you got asked to take some leave, so you spread it out over Fridays, which was genius. How I've many... I've taken. I think it's about eight or nine. Wow, wow! So you've gone back to a full week now. Yeah. <laughs> like this time next week, I'll still be working. Yes. Oh my God! Yeah, you will too. Mm. Oh, that's brought you down a bit from your golf win, isn't it? A little bit. 
Um, I'm really pumped about this episode because one, I get to talk about Wonderland because it's such a unique album yep. by the Charlatans for so many different reasons, and there's a lot going on around them. But also, we've got the Mercury Prize bit, oh. which I am so excited to talk about. Um, so I'm, I'm dying just to get straight into it. But do you have anything before we get into Song of the Week? Um, do I have anything before Song of the Week? Or just that I won at golf. <laughs> I don't know if we... Have we talked about that yet? Uh, sometimes I hate you. It's just... <laughs> like, you're just this petty child sometimes. Oh, I love it. Like, the you diff- hate it. Uh, you, no, I don't want to hate you it. Hate it. I don't. You, because you're easy to wind up. If you were just like that, yeah, don't care. I don't care. But you do. <laughs> Song of the Week... Cracking on, away from your, your golf. Uh, Song of the Week, Fever Jaw with Arcade. With a sound routed in alternative rock, but using broad strokes of colour to fill their music, Fever Jaw are the latest guitar-driven band to arrive in the vibrant South Wales scene. Following on from the well-received singles Landspeed Record and Dawn Chorus, their next single, Arcade, um, actually came out earlier this year through Tone Burn Records, a powerful anthemic slice of guitar driven alt-rock but mixed with grand strings and bold ideas. Arcade continues to build on previous releases and showcase the future of Feverjaw into 2020 and beyond. I really like that name. You like Feverjaw? Oh. I don't know why. Okay, alright. I like the song. I think the song is, song is pumping. Uh, so here is Feverjaw with Arcade.
No. Less says. Yeah. I'm pumped. Are you? I am so pumped. Wow. It's exciting. So we have today very different albums. But oh, so, well, mm, yeah. So we had, um, obviously what we're going to do is the same as we did in the last season, do the Mercury Music Prize. Um, we've already reviewed three of the albums on the shortlist. Yes. So um, after we've reviewed those, I'll actually summarise the scores. I sent you mine. Yeah, and I've put mine in. to So then we can sort of keep track who will be the Britpop banter winner. Mine were all roughly the same. But it says a lot that. about you, doesn't it? So, um, <laughs> the albums are... So, we had Canoe Hoodies All Summer. Canoe? Canoe, Canoe. 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 Yeah, him. With Anne Michael Kiwanuka. Kiwanuka. Yep. With the... Is it really? Kiwanuka? How did you say it? Kiwanuka. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. With his album. Um... Of the same name. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I'm so bad. I just, it's hard. I don't know how to pronounce And the thing is, because I've never heard them announced. So I don't know what, how they pronounce Kiwanuka. Yeah, but how, is it Kanu, 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 Kanu? I don't know that one. Kanu. Anyway. Um, someone will no doubt tell us, let's be fair. Um... <laughs> So first of all, let's say as you see it, Liz. Let's talk about Michael's album first. So, I'll, oh, you want to start with Michael? Well, I'm going to go straight into the reviews. So, The Guardian. Oh, go on. Five out of five. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest albums of the decade. Okay. Punchy. Um, Which Michael, decade? Well, this one, obviously. 2020 to 2030. Yeah. Oh no. Must be last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, here we go. Okay, just say it. This is what happens when he loses. When he loses. (laughs) Anyway, this is really ridiculous. You're really ruining this. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, um, Michael's first two albums established him as a folksy symphonic soul man akin to Bill Withers and set the bar pretty high. This one knocks it skyward. Together with producer to the stars Danger Mouse and London hip hop producer. Danger Mouse? Oh. In flow, the British Ugandan 32 year old has broadened his territory. Penfold the associate producer. Oh my god! <laughs> has broadened his territory to stretch from Donny Hathaway style melancholy soul to right. Rolling Stones gospel rock, psychedelic soul, and breakbeat. There are strings and harps, samples of civil rights campaigners, Hendrix type frazzle guitars, and Burt Bacharach type orchestrations. The dream. Dreamlike revelry quality is reminiscent of Marvin Gaye's What's Going On and Primal Scream's Screamadelica. Unusually in these streaming-led times, Kiwanuka is a contemplative song cycle intended to be listened to in a one extended sitting, which he says is a reaction against the fast-paced, throwaway machine-led world. It sounds timeless and contemporary. The instrumental interludes and the stylistic tempo shifts all hang together because of his warm, sincere vocals and fantastic songwriting. At the core, 
This album's about his inner battle between anxiety, self-doubt, spirituality and wisdom, which is then set against racism and rueful glances to the state of the world. Thus, killer opener You Ain't the Problem is both an encouraging nudge to himself and a sharp put-down of attitudes towards immigration. If you don't belong, you're not the problem. Mm. There are moments such as the Time is Healer gospel choir and I've been dazed or hopeful closer light which when positivity bursts through with such dazzling effect you want to cheer. This is bold, expansive, heartfelt, sublime album. He's snuck in at the final whistle but surely this is among the decade's best. Okay. Enemy. Go on. Five out of five. Okay. Brave experimentation and hard-won self-knowledge. Looking ahead, even as he evokes the work of greats such as Bill Withers and Jill Scott Heron, this self-titled record sees him fiercely reclaim his identity. Are you really going to give up? Are you really going to stop right now? He asks on new track, Living in Denial. The lyrics from his self-titled latest, Feeling Like Pages from his diary five years ago. An artist well known with his struggles with self-confidence, he may well have spoken those words to himself in the period between his first and second album releases when crippling self-doubt left him ready to quit music for good. He somehow forges, forges a sound that leans into the future. His latest recall, his latest recalls Curtis Mayfield, Bill Weathers, as much as it does Fila Kuti and Kendrick Lamar. There's an abundance of analogue synths, Hammond organs, vintage guitars, harps, pianos and horns, within a melting pot of jazz, soul, funkadelica and afrobeat on these cleverly layered songs. Living in denial with its subtle Johnny Greenwood-like guitar line and frequently shifting tempos on the 80s-tinged final days, Danger Mouse pushes Kamonuka into psychedelic ter- territory. Think uncle at his dreamiest. Oh, OK. And the results stagger. This album becomes even more emotive when you think that he was on the verge of giving up five years ago. It's the sound of an artist examining the politics of prejudice that have led him to self-doubt and out of it again. It's also the sound of an artist coming into his own through brave and dizzying experimentation. Be free, he sings on light. It finally sounds like he is. Mm, nice. Over at you, because that is hectic. Two five out of fives. It's been a while since we had that. I'll just read. I'll just read it. Uh, this album is a thing of beauty. It really is. Uh, there are times when you hear music that you feel something special and lose yourself in the music. I did this many times when working to this album. Michael's voice is amazing and can actually send shivers down you. The music, the productions, the lyrics, everything about this is just top notch. The production and the sequencing, the way that everything just blends and works in together. You don't, you actually, you actually, you actually don't feel the album moving track to track. It just blends. In, and the like. sometimes I, like when I was doing this exercise, I was like, oh my God, what was that? That song, brilliant, write that to the song. And I'll go, wait a minute, it's the song after. When did they blend? Like, when am I? And I'm off. I'm off into a new song. And I just love that. The intros to songs are done so well that they actually add value. They're not a placeholder or a, you know, they're just, Beautiful. I can't. I have played this album so much, and I have played this album to so many people, and I. It just suits 
any environment I am in, I can put this album and enjoy and dance and smile and feel. I, it's, I, I actually cannot fault this album. I actually think, you know, like, this is, a, this is my problem, right? There's maybe one, like, if I was to nitpack, one song I'd maybe call. But that's it. Which I don't one? Even, hard to say goodbye. Um, I think because the ones around that, as you get to the end of the album, are slightly stronger. But even though that's that's nitpicking, I still like that song. If I was given this a rating out of five, I don't know why, because I used this five scale. It's weird. I know. This is a five out of five album. It simply is. It's it's flawless. He, it's it's a beautiful. It's a piece of art. It's it's going to. It is. Enemy or the Guardian, whichever one said that. This is going to stand up. Like in 20, 30 years, you're going to listen to this album like you do with the Marvin Gaye and it still sounds great. It's 5 out of 5, which by default makes it 10 out of 10. This is an album that just surprised the hell out of me. And I'm so glad through this exercise I've, I've heard it. It's just, it's beautiful. Wow. I know. Didn't expect that. My highest rated album this season is not actually one of the ones we're doing. That is incredible, right? Yeah. But I can't, that's a, it's just, a, it's just, it makes me smile, it makes me dance, it makes me sing along to it, it makes me want to share it, it makes me think about stuff, and just, it's perfect. There's not a fault with it. It's not too long, it doesn't have faff in it, there's not a song that doesn't hit the mark. And the other thing I like about it, right, so I, I, um, um, I really like breaks and breakbeat, right? Not so much a thing, but in the 2000s when it was... That's what I used to go clubbing to. And I used to like, like, when breaks music had, like, funk and soul Mm. breakdowns in it, like the plump DJs used to do. This album has elements where it sometimes go into a bit of a dance music or a bit of electronica, and I go, oh! the uncle reference, it does. Yeah, and I just go, I love that! I can't fault it. Wow. Why not? Can't do it. You're not going to like my review then. <laughs> um, kidding. So, I... <laughs> it's been a long time. Well, it's not. It's been since Laura Marling. But it's been <laughs> really genuinely... Well, it, it's a long time since I've been that blown away by an album. Yeah. To the point where... Do you know what I liked about one of the reviews when they said... It's the first time I've listened to an album that's supposed to be an album. Yeah. Like it's a proper album, yeah. as in you're supposed to, you can't, it's not a shuffle. No, You can't shuffle not. it, because then no. you lose the point, because you need the intros, need it. To, because it's a story, because he ends a song with like a sort of symphony or something, and then... And you're into the, the next, next one. And what is amazing, how many times in the first season did I talk about the fact that people do not make albums anymore that you want to listen to from beginning to end? You can fart about with it, and you can shuffle it, and you can make it in a playlist... And you can still pull songs out of this if you really wanted to, but you wouldn't want to because they sound out of place on their own. Well, they don't. They're amazing on their own. But what I mean is you, the, the, it's the journey of this album. Correct. This is not an album that I shuffle. No. You play it from Absolutely start not. to end. Correct. I have never... The lyrics, his voice. Oh, his voice is just... Whoa. The different elements... In this album, and I didn't realise it was produced by Danger Mouse, and it kind of explains a bit. Yeah. And that does not seem like a natural partnership. No. Given what Danger Mouse has produced before. Mm-hmm. But it's just incredible. Um, 
there's one particular track and we're going to play it if we still can play it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called it's called Piano Joint Brackets, This Kind of Love. And he's got the intro, but then he has the main track. And the very first time I heard it, I said, oh, and then I played it again. Mm. And then I cried. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. So wow. every track on this album is amazing. This track in particular. So I wanted to dig into the track because I wanted to know. Because it really hit a nerve with me for some reason. And so then I researched the song and basically it says, um, so Michael talks about it saying it's eulogising a healing love that can deliver him from a life of sadness and fury. This song was inspired by his wife, Charlotte. He told the BBC in 2019, I've been a married man for three years and there's nothing else like it. It's just so solid. It's so therapeutic to know there's two of you on the same team. That kind of love is the thing that gets me through the difficulties. Oh. <laughs> and then, but the, the great thing is he said, he told the New York Times that he used to always love melancholy songs. And now that he's been married, he's finding his writings differently. I do want to sing about more joyful things instead of just cold little heart, as we've talked about. He said, the singer added, this song originally had a different theme and chorus. It should have been my oh my, it's sad in love. Oh. He and his producer Danger Mouse liked it a lot and it rhymed perfectly, but he just couldn't sing the lyrics because they were too negative and it's not how he felt at the time. Wow. He decided this was the moment to move away from his love of melancholy songs. When I record, when I went to record it for the album, I told the engineer that I had to change the lyrics. He said, so now it's my oh my, this kind of love. And it's about even in the hard times, love is what gets you through if I had left it the other way, I wouldn't have been able to perform it every night. It wouldn't have been true. Oh, wow. And then I cried again. <laughs> um, and it just is... That song, it's just that song that just... It does make you realise what is important in life. And yeah. this whole album, just the way that he sings about... And you know how sometimes people put in you know, like the civil rights things or quotes, and it sounds a little bit um, try hard. Forced. This isn't. Yeah, no. It's like Marvin Gaye, what's going on when he does kind of the same. Yeah, His yeah. album's the same, the song's kind of blending. <laughs> I'm with you, it's a 10 out of 10. Oh, high five! All right! Wow! Holy cow! I can't We've never done it. that. I can't. I don't know what to fault up. And like you, if I was really, really splitting hairs then no I just can't even do that because I don't I mean really when I think about it track by track I mean the only one maybe I've been dazed is the only one for me oh I like that I like it but I mean it's the only one where I'm like not as in love with Mm. okay you ain't the problem punch in the face start to the album great start great start you need that I've been dazed so it's still a great track piano joint with the intro wow then the actual track, and then that beautiful piece of music, Another Human Being, mm-hmm. which just beautiful, sets you up for living in denial. Then you go into the the intro for Hero, then you have Hero. What a song. What a song. Hard to say goodbye, I do like Final Days. Final Days, oh, wow. God. Such good song. Then you have that interlude, which is still amazing, Solid Ground, and I think the way he ends the album with light, you can't fault it. I can't. That's the thing. It gives it's you, a ten it gives you, Yeah, it's a ten. Well, should we just pack it up now? It's 10 out of 10. Well, that's it. Really? Wow. Well, no one else is going to win the Britpop banter. <laughs> I don't think so. Shall I mean, we... I've given it a 10. You know how I struggle with Laura Marling? Is it a 9 or a 10? 
they're all the same. I love them the same-ish, but she there's a couple of things there that brought it down to a nine. But his, there's... There's nothing. No. There's no lulls in this album. No. There's no things no. that... So, look, so let's... So, before we get on to the next one, I mean, obviously, there's two things. Go and listen to this album because it's stunning. Please do. We've never done this. And the second thing is... Go and, yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm, yeah. Uh, and we're going to play it. So what did you want to play? I forgot. I've just told you the whole the thing. Piano about one. The piano one. Yeah. Piano joint, this kind of one. Not the intro, the real one. The real one. Let's play that then. Oh, uh-huh. 
I love oh that. God. I love that. I love it. I love it when you're a bit of a girl. It just was. Just it's so nice to write that. You my come oh in my. here all brash and bold because you smashed me at golf. My oh my, this kind of. So shall we get into our other boy? Takes me through my enemies. Oh my god. I just can't even. Just give me a second. So the other one was uh, K No Hoodies All Summer. Do you want to read the review or shall I just start? Read a review. What's No, what? I've got a couple. They're good. Go on then. Enemy, four out of five. Okay. Since the ground star marked his arrival with Seminole debut Home Sweet Home in 2006. Six albums of six albums. Six. Yep, have reflected a similar creative voice with similar depths. No surprise then that new album Hoodies All Summer is thoughtful, demonstrative of the relevance and importance of grime music, and is persistent in its aim to ask serious questions about the social direction of the country. The album's lead single Trouble, and this is, and I do want people. I want to talk about this. Um, was accompanied by a harrowing, inspiring 17-minute video. Which I watched. 17 minutes. Demonstrative of the cruelty and horror of knife crime in London. Wow. It is incredible. The film sees a heartbreaking funeral wake roll into a passionate celebratory moment which highlights music's ability to offer escapism, console, um, consolation and hope. Go and do yourself a favour. You just have to YouTube it. No, just Google well. it and watch it. Um, and we'll talk about it at the end. But in an album predominantly interested in social commentary... He refuses to let us forget his ability to poignantly capture the painful realities of romance. His concluding line, no one finger skanks without no one finger skanks without me. Oh, right. A perfect representation of the album's thematic intertwining of music, loss, heartbreak and recovery. It's not as if Kano's position at the top as one of the top boys of an energised UK grime and rap scene needed any further cementing, though Hoodies All Summer has done exactly that. The Guardian, 4 out of 5, anyone doubting Grimes' assurance as an art form needs to watch the engrossing short film that accompanies two tracks from his comeback album. Three years on from his Mercury-nominated mobile winning Made in the Manor, Trouble is a deceptively nostalgic tune about living in an everyday war zone that samples the late campaigner Dark as How, while Class of Deja finds Kenu going head-to-head with veteran MCs, DWE and gets in a furious old school back and forth that is testament to how thrilling a lyricist this 34 year old can still be. You might argue that Grimes' tinny immediacy is blunted by maturity and high production values, but State of the Art Nation address is both lush and desolate. That such a subtle operator should occasionally reach for the pianos during emotional interludes is slightly regrettable, but overall, this excellent album. Clarion clear narratives about knife crime and the importance of good times are delivered not just with anger but with humour. SYM is a killer closer that finds a gospel choir intoning suck your mum as he tenderly croons suck your mother if you think these niggas love these cuffs and riots. Yeah. So I feel sorry for him because he's been reviewed at the same time as a 10 out of 10 album. Okay. And so I feel he hasn't had the same amount of my attention is Michael. I would agree with that as but well. But what I will say, and this is interesting because last season, when we talked about Little Sims and Dave, and I loved them. Yeah. And then you were like, what? Um, I love this too. This is a great album. He is incredibly smart. The lyrics are incredibly um, powerful. When you do watch that video about trouble and you actually do a bit of research into what he's singing about 
you know, grime is an art form, I actually think, because it's part of the UK that I've never known. Mm-hmm. We've never known it living no. in Scotland. It just doesn't... No. And then obviously living here, but it's... I think it's incredibly important, and I think it gives a lot of people a voice, and I think it's amazing. Um, some of the music on the tracks, too. I do like some of the samples, some of the like the breakdowns. This, for me, is a great... This is a good album, and I enjoyed it, but it's been overpowered by my listening of, obviously, the first album we discussed. But it still stands up in its own right. I'd give it a seven. Okay. <laughs> what do you think I did? Um, I don't know if you like... Because you're weird. Did you like Dave? No, I didn't like Dave, but I thought Little Sims was okay. Oh, yeah. So then you'll be 50-50. Right, so first two songs. <laughs> Three years later and good utes, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, no. Oh no, I do not like this at all. Uh, but there was always what I found in those tracks was there was little little snippets in those tracks. Oh, I was little, seven and a half. There you go. <clears throat> little samples in those tracks. Little, there was always something. Yes. I went. I actually quite like that bit. Um, but then I got to trouble, and trouble. I was like, oh wow, that's. First of all, it's it's a great song, and then there's that interlude where you go right in the middle of the song. It just cuts, and for anyone that that hasn't heard it, it's uh, it's, I think it's a phone call to the police about a stabbing. Watch the video. Yeah. Okay. And um, it's it's like it is a punch to the face and really sad, and then the song kicks back in. And I've got a quote because I was like, I want to know a bit more about it. So remind me. Trouble Hit, which was was which good. Pan Fried was good as well. And then the album picks up for me. So Can't Hold Me Down, I think that's great. I liked SYM, even though it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um so I actually I actually got into this album as I got on. I faced the same as you, which was it was clearly overshadowed by the other one. <laughs> the other thing is, will it be an album I'll go back to? Probably not. But is it solid? Yeah. And the more I listened to it, the more I enjoyed it. I gave it a seven. So, right. So, in an interview with Vice, right? Yep. He was asked, there's a bit of gospel singing in trouble. Are you religious? Nah, I'm not religious. It's not a hymn or nothing. It's a vibration. There's an energy in people coming together and singing. And then the beat is so uplifting, then bam, you're shocked with this thing that you're not expecting. Now, first of all, I love the fact that he compares gospel singing to a vibration, like that feeling, it's like the sun. Yeah, gospel singing does that to it you. Really like, does. It just, I don't. It's it, yeah. I just love the way he's he's paraphrased that. Anyway, you're talking about the sample of the aftermath of a kid being stabbed. Yeah, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted people to not be able to turn it off. It's not at the end of the song and not at the beginning. It's right in the middle and it's right as you were having fun. Because every day as you're going through life and having fun, this is what's happening. It's easy easy to turn away when it's not you or not your kid. But there you go. It's in your face right now. It's sad, man. Now that, I mean, well played. Like, I like it, it is. It's confronting because you're, you are enjoying this song. And then all of a sudden you get hit with this horrible sample. Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to play it. Play it. Yeah, let's play Trouble. And then watch the 17-minute video. Then watch the 17-minute video, which I will do. The young people have begun the rebellion, refusing to work. 
they have received very little support from other sections of the population, as a consequence of which they must find money by these means. We say we are against those means, not because we are moralists, not because we are religious freaks, but precisely because mugging involves loss of life and liberty and a continuing attack upon that section of the black community, police brutality, prison brutality, a whole wastage of human creativity. That is why we were against it. Politician us don't make a sound Been oppressing us couple centuries now And these gunshots never reach your town It's never on top when you leave your house But when we go servants We might run into some beef or something Rambo tuck into the jeans or something But the beef please drop it cause it don't make money All our mothers worry when we touch the road Cause they know it's touch and go whether we're coming home And even that's for shit that could happen to us Or the shit we might do if you violate the code It's turning over new leaf times Machine no jeans full of peace signs Postcode warring, that's the thing now Young bucks beefing over street signs You ever seen the mother's tears run down Gucci glasses The imagery will hit you deep and cut through the hard shit A hood potential not reached you to gun barking Is bad business for the ends, man, I'm done talking So fun keeping score when it's one nothing Till loved ones get duppied inside at nine nights Any beef can be squashed if hands could be shaken Any hand could be shaken when the blood dries I guess that's not a fog line But cannon town a plaster, that's where the fogs die. Where the slugs fly, then the duffs fly. And if you say you like beef, then you fogs lying. These are my words to us, no tongue tying. If you stay up riding till the sun's rising, and you're just trying to get one or get bun trying, then we ain't on the same side of the sterling lining. Politician us don't make a... <laughs> Some youngers then will be from the main road. Violate the click and then the K go. They were off a brother on my say so. But when they give him 30, could I look mum in the face though? No, concrete roses, they really grow shit. You see my whole set. Don't watch the Rolex. Just watch the progress from mopeds, coke kids, and the old gets. 15 with a dream, 20 with a gold disc. 21 second trip before I got my own whip. 27, 28, and 9 was my lowest. 30 re upped again, 32 more checks. So why would I throw away life for some jokers? Hopeless, I'm books with no Lopez. Ups in the focus. I know the roads, yes, but when the goal's bread, it makes no sense. Less condolences and more congratulations. Brought a smile to my face, I heard that Sammy's trading. Cadence had a Baby, these are Uncle Wayne. Just got off the phone with Shane, he's investing major gravy. Gets ain't looked back since we blessed them stages. Now, man, I'm stepping on planes with our brethren Aiden. Still conflicted, cause man, I'll bust on Netflix. But I show you both sides of the fence. Watch out for splinters, rats and sinners. Gangsters, killers with straps and ringers. Tax and figures, your stash was dinner. Blah. 
My only complication is give inspiration. This the winner's table, it is your invitation. No sparklers over here and all the women taken. With this pop bubbles, poor doubles, we want no trouble. Wine to gal, we want no trouble. Just spend three grand, we want no trouble. Four more bottles, we want no trouble. Don't mean we're scared of nobody. Life's just too short for the bullshit, man. Politician us don't make a sound. Been oppressing us couple centuries now. And these gunshots never reach your town. It's never on top when you leave your house. But when we go servants, we might run into some beef or something. Rambo tuck into the jeans or something. But the beef, please drop it, cause it don't make money. Policeman hush, don't make a sound. Been looking ghetto youths up centuries now. And these gunshots never reach your town. It's never on top when you leave your house. But when we go servants, we might run into some beef or something. Rambo tucking to the jeans or something. But the beef, please drop it because it don't make money. Right. So right now, we gave, so we've, we've reviewed Deep Down Happy by Sports Team. That got a grand total of 13. So we're both on par with that one. Every Bad, um, the album by Porridge Radio, 13. I've scored them higher than you. This is weird, because I was always the lowest. Yeah, I know. Uh, Hoodies All Summer is 14 and a half. Okay. Song for Our Daughter is 15. And Michael's 20. (laughs) So, um, So next week we have Fibs by Anna Meredith. Who's that? Do you know? No. What's um, okay. Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Okay, cool. That's um, the one you played me a bit off after last week's episode. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that? Uh, it's very dancey stroke poppy. Yeah, there's a couple of pop albums in here and it's like, this is the thing sometimes with this prize because how do you um, review it? This Anna Meredith album, this is the one I actually did want to talk to you about. I don't know what we're going to think about. She's Scottish. Oh, good. She's an MBE. Plus one. Plus one. Um, and she's a performer of electronic and acoustic music, but it's kind of with orchestras. That sounds amazing. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> No, not in a bad way, but it's okay. it's going to be different. Okay. And so then what you've got is you've got something incredibly different than your pop-ish. Right, so, okay. I mean, this is a th- like, I'm so glad we're doing this. Yeah, me too. And don't get me wrong, there's some albums that I'll go, oh, I don't want to listen to that. But I got that, I got Michael's album, which I... Well, we've got three weeks of it left. Okay. All right. Shall we get into the Charlatans? Go on. The Charlatans Wonderland. So it came out on the 10th of September 2001. This is a Charlatan's seventh album. The previous album was Us and Us Only in October 1999, which got to number two. What is your memory of Us and Us Only? Probably the same as mine. For some reason, it, yeah, it's not an album that sticks in my mind. Why don't I know that? don't know. Uh, so after this, Up at the Lake... May 2004, got to number 13. This came out on Universal and it was recorded in LA at a place called The Big Mushroom, which was a space that they built themselves. There's a lot of this. Um, Tim had moved to LA, had been there for a little while, so I'll talk about that a, a little bit. The producer, Charlatans, Danny Sabar and James Spencer. Danny Sabar mm-hmm. uh, produced Black Grape. 
Oh. Yeah, he uh, has done a whole bunch of production and remixing for heaps of genres. So with pop, he's done Madonna and Seal, rock, David Bowie, U2, Michael Hutchins, The Rolling Stones, heavy metal, Ozzy Osbourne, Korn, Marilyn Manson, hip-hop, Buster Rhymes, Public Enemy, and Judicus. Quite the CV, right? Quite. Uh, so when he was asked, Tim uh, was asked about working with Danny. Working with Danny Sabre was an experience. He was talented, interesting, and hard work all at the same time. He'd sprinkled his magic on everyone from Marilyn Manson to Buster Rhymes and Seal. He was a multi-instrumentalist and at one point even slyly suggested that he take over the roles of the other three members of the band. Don't get me wrong, he was only interested in making a good record, but that single-mindedness seemed to exclude some social skills. Although maybe he could be considered a charmer when compared to Phil Spector, who would think nothing of pulling a gun to ensure that he got the perfect take. Oh, and look what happened there. That hasn't aged well at all, that quote. No, because he did, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Is he still in jail? Ox. Yeah, oh God. Um... I just wanted to further our horizons. Our original sound was linked to the mad Manchester scene. Next up came the geography expanded Britpop. But I had always wanted to be an international band and thought that by keeping away from our comfort zone, by recording in LA and not going home to our families every night, we would keep the dynamic raw and experience. Uh, but not everyone in the band would look back at working with Danny and say that it was a pleasant experience. At times it was really difficult. He could be an asshole, but I really liked what he did and I think the conflicts between us added something to the music and we all agree it was a great album. Uh, With James Spencer, uh, so Drowned in Sound asked Tim about working with him. Uh, Jim is very underrated, he's awesome. He aged 20 years during the making of this record. We were out of our minds. Us and Us Only was recorded in its entirety with Jim at the Big Mushroom Art Studio in Cheshire. Wonderland was recorded partly in, in the Big Mushroom, but mixed entirely by Jim. Most of Wonderland was recorded in Ellie with Danny Sabre, while Up at the Lake, Up at the Lake, and You Cross My Path were both recorded by Jim at the Charlatan Studio. I trust him with our sound completely. We all work really well together. Do you think this has a different sound feel to it? Yeah, I do. Do you think location? I do think it's got... It does not it doesn't. Some songs don't and some songs do. Like, I think this is a... It's different from early charlatans. Absolutely. But then there's some aspects that do. So that there's an instrumental... It's got more beats in it. It's got more... It's more experimental in Mm -hmm. its sound. It's not just sheer guitar indie. Yeah. Uh, So we got... In Australia, we've got the 10-track version, which is... 48 minutes long. The UK get two more tracks. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I know. Uh, it got to number two, which I think is... It's it's actually really surprising that it got to number two because it didn't... It's, it, when you think about the Charlatans, you don't think about this album. I bought this. I bought this too. Um, I remember... I was in Australia and um, heard this album and I remember that I was on a train into the city and I had not listened to the Charlatans in ages. And I put this on and I sat there and I just went, whoa. Because it wasn't what I was expecting at all. And it's still, I still remember exactly where I was when I heard it. Um, so how long was it? See, this is what's surprising, right? Number two, it got to in the charts. How long do you think it was in the charts? 12 weeks. Nine weeks. 
Why do you say that? Just because what you said there. Oh. Right. <laughs> you gave it away. Damn it. But nine weeks for a charlatan's album's not a long time at all. It's, do you know what it is? It's like everybody went, oh, it's a charlatan's, we'll go and buy it, get it to number two. Oh, I don't like it. I'm going to tell everybody then nobody's going to buy it. Or, basically what happens is you get the hardcore charlatan's fan from old, go out and buy it, send it to number two, but there's no one left. Yeah, okay, all right. And there's no radio play, because I do not remember... I mean, we're going to talk about tracks. Talk I about think tracks. I remember one of them being on the radio. One. Really? Okay. If that. Okay. This, I don't remember singles from this, apart from one. Well, there's a reason for that, and we'll get to that. So, <sighs> shall we get into the charts? Let's go albums. Your favourite, Mariah Carey oh, with amazing. Glitter. Oh, I don't know that one. Now... Oh, this is past my time. Changing Faces, The Best of Louise. What, the one that was married to Jimmy Redknapp? Jimmy Redknapp's wife. Uh, they split up. The Best of, though. Can you name one? Just saying. Number eight, Stained with Break the Cycle. It's a religious rock band. Wow. Yeah. Shite. Uh, title, No Angel. Cruising probably in like our fifth year of the charts. White Ladder, David Gray. Goodbye Country, Hello Nightclub by Groove Armada. Oh, I am a massive Groove Armada Love fan. Love Groove Armada. Who doesn't? Put it in the... Somebody will, somebody won't. I'm going to challenge people. We should say that we don't like them so that we get a Groove Armada challenge. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I love Groove Armada. Um, Nelly Furtado, Woa Nelly. Oh, Bob Dylan, Love and Theft. Oft. Uh, Wonderland by the Charlatans, number two. Jamiroquai, A Funk Odyssey. Now, have we spoken Where the hell is Jamiroquai? What's he doing? Is he still pumping out music? Don't know. Do you like him? Yes. Uh, I've never bought an album of Jamiroquai. I have. But if you put, if you put them on... What's the one that's I got him on the front with the hat on? That's that one. That's that one. That one. There's a couple. He's always on the front. No, of it's not that one. Okay. Um, but if you put Jamiroquai on, I'm like, I'm yeah, quite happy. Big fan. Big fan. Uh, Singles, can't wait. Bet they're hellish. Horrible. Horrible. Wait to hear them. Louise, stuck in the middle. There you go. That's on her best off. Okay. Five, let's dance. You know that a guy from Five actually owns a small, small bar in Crow's Nest? We talked about this. Yeah, I don't know if he still does. Because didn't we have a... It was a guilty pleasure, wasn't it? The five album. Horrible. Who Oof. gave us that? No, that was mine. You're off your <laughs> nut. Back in the day. Uh, it began in Africa by the Chemical Brothers. Oh, oh. Do you know why I remember that song? Because I bought it from my decks and I had vinyl. I bought it on vinyl and I had decks and I was at uni. And I used to just always, when I was doing DJ sets, start it with that. Just the beginning. It began in It's Africa. the best way to start a DJ set in 2001. It's a still a banger. Maybe it still it's is. It's still a banger. Um, I don't have my vinyl still. No, that's a sore point. Yep. Well, no one, no one, no one knows what you're talking about. You gave them to. I didn't an old... give them to anyone. Well, someone else has them, and you haven't been able to get them back. No. Might call the police. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that, Les. I don't get your vinyls back. <laughs> Uh, blue with two claws. Oh, God. 
That was Blue was a boy band. That's yeah. right, aye, yeah. Uncle Cracker with Follow Me. What's that? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, apparently got to number two. Samantha Mumba with Baby Come On Over. Set You Free by Entrance. Oh! <laughs> that must be a re-release. It has to be. Because oh, I bought that is, It is, it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, Starlight by the Superman Lovers. That's great. It's such a good song, that. That's a DJ set song, too. Like, if you had a, you know, if you were DJing at a work, function. Work, work function. No, not even that. Look at a birthday with people that had music taste. You would put that on? Yeah, wouldn't you? I can still remember the video. That time. would get people. Do you know what I'm sad about? Go on. I'm just going to talk about. Well, I'm not swelling my son. I don't even know what's going to happen in November. My plan was that I was going to, like, for my 40th, like, hire somewhere. And then we could DJ. Oh, that'd be cool. Do you know what I mean? So then, obviously, it's my 40th, so I need to go talk to people. But then you can DJ. And then sometimes I'll jump in and we can... And if you want to come off, we can just put a couple of tracks on and let them play. That's awesome. That's a great idea. And it would be so much fun. And, like, just hire somewhere that just lets you... Then you set it up yourself. People come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beers and stuff. Love that. It's not going to be allowed, is it? It's going to, because you can't have more than 10 people in them. Bloody COVID. <sighs> so, so annoying. Maybe you and I will just do it in the back garden. <laughs> maybe yeah, that'd be nice. Skype people. Oh, oh God. God. Anyway, that was my plan. If that can still happen, that's what I want to happen. I like that. That's a great. How good would that be? That'd be lovely. Yeah. I like that, yeah. Uh, number two, we definitely need to play this. This is Mambo number five by Bob the Builder. Are you joking? I'm not joking. <laughs> Did that really happen? It got to number one. I don't remember that. It got to number... It was at number I one. I really blacked that out of my mind. Mambo number five by Bob the Builder. Who did that? Neil Morrissey did that, obviously. See, that shit Have you seen angry. Bob the Builder now? Mm-hmm. And have you seen Fireman Sam now? No. They're all CGI. They're cartoons. None of the... It's not good at it's all. It's not the same, is it? Sean the Sheep, though. Brilliant. You ever watched that? Tremendous. Right, uh, a number one, Hey Baby by G- DJ Otzi. Hey baby, oh. Ooh, I, I want to know, would you be my girl? Gross. Wow. Right, charlatans. So we uh, did telling stories last year? Aye. Aye. So if you want to, and we talked about all the drama that had happened in the band and sort of how much had happened. So go back and listen to that. Um, so we're going to pick up after Us and Us Only, released in October 99, got to number two uh, with Forever. So Us and Us Only got had the song Forever and Impossible. They got into. Impossible's a great track. Yeah, they got into top 20. Beautiful that. Friends got to 30. Oh, one. how good's that? It's a good song. Ma. Beautiful room. There you go, that was but, off the album. And I think, yeah, I do remember this album now, actually. I don't know why I was so blank at the beginning. It's just sunstroke. Um, it's not going away. Yeah, sunstroke. <laughs> um, I had this album. Shut up, Leslie. Sometimes, yes. My beautiful room. Oh, gosh. This was a good, that is a good album. And My Beautiful Friend is one of my favourite Charlatan songs. Oh, there you Jeez. go. God, You good? Not really. That, that's so real, angry all of a, a sudden. Well, because that's a real this is a um, range of emotions. This is sunstroke. I'm acting like that. Nan, don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I know that album. I love that album. This is sunstroke happening yeah, in real time. Yeah, it really is. 
from the BBC in 2011 on the, re- the release of the deluxe reissue, there are six. So this is BBC. Their sixth long player, Us and Us Only, was one of the few Charlatans albums not connected in some way to a tragedy, mishap, or an accountant ripping the band off. It's also the first to feature keyboardist Tony Rogers as a full member. Rogers replaced Rob Collins, who was killed halfway through the making of the previous LP, Telling Stories, and his first album with the Charlatans is one of life, love, and spirit. Us and Us Only was probably the last great, brilliant and fully consistent Charlatans album. It's the sound of a band at ease in their own skins and was a summation of everything they'd become in the first decade, along with a few hints towards what the next one would bring. As mentioned earlier, it's a masterpiece. That's the, it's amazing. That's the BBC. I, I don't know what I was talking about at the beginning because I, I've actually got here in my notes, I want to talk about the fact that it's not on Spotify. It's not on Spotify? No. Oh. And I didn't know why, because I thought I'll go back and listen to what was this... Because the album before that... That's they did right, Melting... not... I was going to listen... Yeah, you're right, yes. But they did Melting Pot, which is like a kind of Correct. greatest hits, which I bought was great. And then Us and Us Only, My Beautiful Friend, is an outstanding track. Okay. And Impossible, so I need to be... I don't know. Look. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's because I gave a ten? We're just throwing. We don't know what to I do with ourselves. I want it golf... I'm not. That's unusual. Gave a ten. Sunburn. I'm not. I'm not had a drink for eleven five? days. Yeah, you yeah. We forgot to talk about that. You've been drinking, and now you are. Well, I wasn't supposed to be drinking for a month, but then I have. You bullied me. I did. It's not very nice, is it? But so. But then I'm gonna. After today, I'm gonna go back to it. Yeah. Well done. To the twenty second. Seriously, I'm impressed. Um, I've been feeling great. Um, but look what it does. This is my third beer. Fifth, isn't it? Fourth. Fourth. All right. So, <laughs> um, and I don't remember one of my favourite Charlotte albums. I'm just like, that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's what you're talking about. Never heard of it. Nah, nah, that shit. Nah. What an idiot. That's going to really... Can you edit this? Because I can't deal with it. Just apologise and move yeah, on. Yeah, right. It's fine. Right, after the release of that album, Tim moved to LA permanently from his book, Telling Stories in 2012, which I need to read because I've I've just basically stole the whole thing here. We delivered Us Us Only in 1999. I think it really stands up well, but it was never meant to be commercial. It was meant to separate us from the Britpop pack, which it did. If Telling Stories was our blonde on blonde, it wasn't, but let's just pretend it was. Then Us and Us Only was our John Wesley Harding detached and a step sideways. Perhaps difficult to promote, but we were a new band. After all, we had to face life without Rob. Tony Rogers was our new keyboard player. He was a songwriter and contributed to the writing from the outset. Ironically, the loss of Rob had led to a new lease of life for the band. God, that must be so hard to sort of Mm. talk about that, right? I guess that shows the true strength of a group. Anyway, Universal Universal promoted Us and Us Only really well, but it wasn't the record they wanted, and neither was our next, Wonderland. We made Wonderland without the label even knowing, in a dark room on a steep hill just off Laurel Canyon. I desperately wanted to do well in America, so we really went for it. I was living there now, and I wanted our records to succeed in my hometown, Hollywood, LA. I thought about every aspect of that album with that in mind, where it would be written, its title, and who would produce it, and so on. I have some of my best memories ever of Mark and myself writing Love to You and Write On. 
It was all very inspiring, soul-stirring, Curtis Mayfield stuff. Warm evenings on my balcony at La Punta Drive or La Punta Heights, as my mate Randy christened it, drinking margaritas and doing rail after rail after LA's finest white powder. We immersed ourselves in the city and let LA take over. It became just as much of a part of the album as the songs or any of us. The drugs were a very big part of it. LA Coke, lots of it. Dealers at the house 24-7. We never ran out. And the environment changed the sound. The sound. The sun flooded in. The shutters were open and the ideas were flowing. It's an incredibly optimistic album. And finally... Oh my God, stop doing that. Sorry. Twice. Right. And finally... In the 12 years that it was my home, I saw at least half a dozen bands that I knew from back in England come to LA and make a record. Every time they seemed to tank. They ended up leaving with varying degrees of critical and commercial flop on their hands. Either they lost it by getting too caught up in the myth or they lost it in drugs. Beware the drugs are much stronger in LA. Unless you have the steeliest willpower, LA is a very tough city to live in. It can suck you in and can spit you out like nowhere else. But through a mixture of luck and judgment, the charlatans seem to get it right. We even managed to make one of our finest records there. Right, LA, talk to me. Been there? Yeah. What'd you do? Well, I can't say it on this podcast. (laughs) No, I'm joking. I was a backpacker. So I went to... (laughs) See, there's always songs. I just need to, like... Don't you don't remember my story about not being able to get on the plane? There were... Oh, yes. Right. So I had this drama. I won't go into it right now, but I was... was not allowed on a flight. However, it wasn't my fault, and then they said sorry. But then eventually I landed in LA, mm-hmm. and then when I arrived in LAX for the very first time, they couldn't find my bag because my bag had gone on the flight before me because they wouldn't let me on the flight. To which they told me that would be impossible because it's illegal. Did you not know about 9-11? I went, I'm well aware of 9-11, but my bag did. So you need to go and find it. <laughs> um, and that became a drama. Um, I was staying in this hostel in... I've got the best LA story. There you go, see, I, was I knew it. staying in a hostel in uh, Hollywood Boulevard. And we came out the hostel... And I was like, what is this? All the streets were, like, cordoned off. And we were directly across from the Kodak Centre where they do the Oscars. Right. And I was like, what's going on? And they were like, it's the film premiere. And I said, like, whoa, what's the film? Sahara. Never heard of it, some <laughs> shit. And they were like, and I was like, who's in it? And they were like, Michael McConaughey, Penelope Cruz. And then I looked over the road and there was, like, a camel. And they a were real like, camel. But, yep. And they were like pretending, obviously, they were in the Sahara. Then all these famous people were coming out the cars. There was the fellow Will I Am came out the car and oh. he waved, and there was all these people. And then Penelope Cruz, she had the camel, kind of. And I was like, well, this is weird. I just wanted to go and get my breakfast. And when I say breakfast, it was mid afternoon, I was a backpacker. But um, I was like, wow. And my friend. <laughs> Charlie, who you know, was like, we've got to stay here, see it. So I was like, all right. So we kind of got ourselves up to the front and Michael McConaughey, um, Matthew McConaughey, sorry, Matthew McConaughey comes over and then he's like shaking hands. And so I stuck my hand out. And then <laughs> being me, I was like that, you all right, pal? Oh. And I couldn't help it. It's first thing. And he was like that. Yes, ma'am, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, woohoo! And then I took my hand back, and then Charlie was like, You can never wash it! 
You can never wash your money with Connie. You touch your hand. So I have in never Hollywood... Never washed your hand. <laughs> yeah. I have in Hollywood Boulevard said to... Matthew. You all right, pal? Oh. And he went, yes, ma'am, I am. Oh, my God. Told you I had a good LA story. I knew, like, I literally had put, just, just ask less about LA. And I <laughs> knew others, I'd get a good but story. That's, that's probably the best. Wait, um, so we, I went to LA for WrestleMania 29, mm. right? I know. And um, so we land in LA and we've got like two days at the Disney land. Oh, I did that, yeah. One day at Universal Studios. How good is that? So much oh, fun. It's the best. And um, <laughs> Segway, Florida, Disney. How are they dealing with COVID? How do you think that works? How do you think you go like... How does the 1.5 spacing work when you're Was queuing up? Yeah, it's open right now. Oh, and Florida has the there. highest rate of COVID. Like, I'm just like, anyway, you know what Disneyland's like. I know what Disneyland's like. How do you have spacing? There ain't no social distance in there. No chance. Right, so, and is Mickey wearing a mask? Bloody doubt it. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> so, I went to, so we had the afternoon, we'd landed... Dropped the stuff off at the hotel, went to Hollywood. Is it Boulevard? Boulevard? Yep. It's, a, it's a fucking dive, that, right? It's so, Cedar Hostel, right? In oh, the middle. My, I don't, why would you stay there? That's just, it's I didn't so know that. rough and. Well, yeah, we didn't know that either. And so when we got there, I'm like, oh. But you want to be in the action, you're a backpacker, and oh, it's, it's 20 action. bucks a room. Oh, oh, I know it's action. It's so. At a cracking time. So we're walking, anyway, Mrs. D wants to get a tattoo from Ellie Inc. You know the tattoo? Yeah. Yeah. With Kat Von D. Anyway, so we're like trying to find it. Walking down, just literally a street off Hollywood Boulevard. And um, this guy's walking towards us with just two arms full of oranges. Like, you know how hard oranges would be to carry, right? No box, no bag, just just carrying oranges. So individual oranges. Individual, yeah. Not and unlike those, like, rappers. So he's but... already talking to himself, coming down the street towards us, and I'm like... This is a bit weird. Like, he's, like, proper full conversation with himself. And, um, you know, no headphones. This is no before AirPods. Like, I'm just, like, sun's a bit off. Anyway, he gets within, like, a couple of yards of us and just throws all the oranges on the ground. Th- throws them on the ground. Oranges are going off. Like, they're going on the oh, road. They're going on... And he's just... He just starts screaming. But not... Anything we can understand or help or converse, just start screaming about anything and everything. Full voice. And we're just like, what the hell is going on? Where are we? What is happening? How did the, like, it's just these, I think it's like, it's a crazy, crazy place. But I think you need some, a two, like a, almost like someone who lives there or someone who's really familiar to take you to the, the places that you want to go to. Because that boulevard is rough. I went to Hooters there. That was probably good. Yeah, I went there as well. Right, so should we get back to the Charlottes? Aye. So Tim lived there, basically, right? So, um, should we talk about his vocals? Tim's uh, vocal range has changed for this album. It's more high-pitched. And I tell you what, when we get into the reviews, people are going to have some issues with it. I don't really have the issue. I have no issues with it. Yeah, that's... I don't... And I read, all, read a lot about that and people said it. I don't know what the problem is. 
It's very different. It is different. That's not a bad... It's not like he's out of tune. It's not like it doesn't work. Do you want to know why he changed it? Yes, please. So, he was asked why. And he said, I'd been surrounding myself with great falsetto voices. I loved the way Kurt Wagner from Lamb Chop had all but ditched his deep, dark country singing timber for a more soulful approach on his most recent album, Nixon. And since moving to LA, I had found a beaten up copy of Curtis Mayfield's Back to the World with Michelle's compact collection of albums. I had been a fan of Curtis for a long time, but had never really stepped outside the Impressions first album in Superfly. Now I was hooked and inspired. That's why I think this album is so hit or miss for people. Because when you read the reviews, first of all, there's not many, right? And when you look at, we'll get to song mean, but when we talk about tracks, people don't, they're not connected to the tracks. And when you read reviews, the falsetto comes up a lot. Personally, I don't, I couldn't care less. I love it. Yeah, same. The same, right? So, um, all right. So when I talked about the release dates earlier, the release date was the 11th of September, 2001. Mm-hmm. Which is? Oh, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, so there we were with this great album. We were all geared up to do well with it. We had label support in LA. We had we did an eight-date tour with Black Rebel Motorcycle Club supporting us. We've never talked about them! Oh, no. Uh, in the summer, as a taster of what was to come, we were ready to go, with our, go on with our autumn tour... We released in the US on the 11th of September 2001. The autumn tour was cancelled. So, it could be a timing issue. He'd been in LA. He'd been ramping up the album. The album has a unique sound. Releases the album on that one day that is just forget anything that happened on that. Um, Alright, so. Release date. No tour. What, What does actual... Professional reviews. Think about this, right? Drowned in sound. 8 out of 10. An instantly affecting record, which for the band that are which for a band that are this far down the road still sounds fresh, vibrant, and exciting. Some bands are so far behind they will simply never catch up. Without too much doubt, the saviors of British guitar music and one of the finest British guitar bands of recent times. I'll talk over you pouring beer into my beer can. I can't share it now because of COVID. COVID, know? thanks. Oh, mate, if me and you have COVID, we're done. Practically yeah. be joined by the hip. But I'm still trying. That you are. Yeah. Pitchfork, 7.8. 7.8 by Pitchfork. That's a decent... Mm-hmm. Way to get to enemies. The Charlatans have managed to release yet another immensely satisfying album. The Death Synthesis... Did I to put it? Yeah. The Death synthesis of all the band's past incarnations speaks to the fact that their best work may indeed lie ahead of them. If you're looking for a starting place for the charlatans, I'd probably recommend Telling Stones, Telling Stories or Us and Us Only First, but Wonderland is a worthy entry from one of Britain's most underappreciated bands. Are the Britons one of most... Yes. Because they are... Tell me... Let me just stay. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I mean, I ask you hard questions. I'm just saying. Just think about their albums that they've had. So just think about... So we talked about telling stories, but remember I was quite concerned about the you fact that, that we weren't going to talk yeah, about... So you've got Some Friendly, you've got Between 10th and the 11th, which is probably what 
I wished I'd scored that high, I remember. Mm-hmm. Up to our hips. And then you got the Charlatans album, which is great. And then you've got... Even, like, the Think About Their Greatest Hits were that oh, God. Melting Pot oh, album. So, such a good album. Us and Us Only. Wonderland. You've just, like, tell me a band who have been so consistently... Do you know the thing with the Charlotte? Consistent. Good word. They've never had a definitely maybe. They've never had a park life. No. They've Or a great escape. They've never had an urban hymns. The bands. They, they haven't had a bands. They haven't had a big, big, big. Um, even if you think about the blue tones, like mm-hmm. they didn't have... Yep. Yep, yep, they yep, haven't yep. had that one because with the Charlatans you find it very difficult it's to consistent. pull one out but what they've done is they've gone we're going to play at this level and they do it continuously whereas other bands you go oh they had that album and but that was, was it shit. they were shit after or that. they had two good albums but the third album was shit or but they are you tell me a bad and I'm saying you, you, you'll have albums that you prefer mm-hmm. but you can't say there's a bad album no yeah well done. Well said. Agree. There's not. So yes, I think they are. Enemy, four out of five. Oh. So let's recap on how Wonderland updates the charlatan story. An equally light and heavy party record. A sunny new atmosphere. Good singing. Good sounds. Hmm. Seems their excellent tale still has some excellent way to travel. Some some way to travel. Uh, so what came after it? There's tons, obviously. Up at the lake, simpatico, uh, you cross mm-hmm. my path, who we touch. Um, probably the, the sad news. I really like simpatico. Yeah? Mm. Okay. I'm uh, not, you, you cross my path, I'm not too familiar with. Um, but yeah, I like that. Okay. Modern nature, different days. We um, reviewed that. I can't remember. We liked it. We both liked it. But did I not like it better? Or did you? I think you really liked it. I really liked it. Yeah. Again, see? Again. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, modern nature, different days. I mean, Tim Burgess's career by himself is just... <laughs> he's just a legend. Let's just put it out He's here. a legend. Like, he's done five solo albums. How cool are those listening parties in COVID? Oh, amazing. Like, like what, what a champion. This is the thing with the Charlatans. It's so hard to say anything negative about them. Because the consistency of the track, of the tracks, of the albums, of them as a band, we spoke about it in the telling stories that you don't hear about them. They're not assholes. They're no, not fighting. They're not doing any of that crap. They're not beating their wives or any of that oh, nonsense. God. They're not saying, "Oh, we don't want to be part of this and we don't want to do that." They are genuinely solid, talented band who've been consistently producing great music. Tim Burgess is a great guy. Those listening parties have just been tremendous, and what a great thing to do. Um, yeah, I think they are maybe one of Britain's most underrated bands. There you go. All right, let's get into some tracks. Anything you want to talk about before we get into the actual tracks then, right? Yes. So, just briefly, when you said, oh, we're going to do that, my instant reaction was, fuck, here he goes again with another crap album. <laughs> um, what's he playing at? It's like he's trying to just find mediocre albums just to talk about. Oh. Um but then, because it, I haven't listened to it for so long, so I bought it, and I bought it, well, obviously, in 2001, but I haven't listened to it for ages. But then I remembered, as I mentioned last week, or two weeks ago, whatever it was, that it's got one of my favourite Charlotte's tracks on it. It does. And then, um, listening to it again, it all came back to me. 
So you were wrong? Yeah. Kev was right. Yeah. Yeah! Alright, I'll take it. So, um... But this, I, I... I'm glad you picked this. So am I. I, like... I wasn't when you told me. I was like... To be fair, I think I sent you a message and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so glad I picked this. I love this album. And I was like, oh, the message is sent yet. Like, I've sent it. I don't know what I'm going to get back. Did I reply? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I say? I think you said, yeah, I think I, I, I love this and one of my favourite songs is this. And I was like, oh, I think this is going to go okay. Yeah. <laughs> off the hook for once. Uh, so the album kicks off with You're So Pretty, We're So Pretty. Great start. Great start. The piano, the kick drum... Um, so this was in an this was in an advert for Carlsberg Lager. Was it? Two thousand and two. Yeah. Um, um, so this was supposed to be the third single from the album, but it got cancelled. So there's only two songs released from this album. That's why you didn't hear any airplay. Only two songs. What? I'll get to it. Oh. Uh, so the track was remixed by uh, in two thousand and six by Youth for Inclusion on Forever the singles. This version. To the version we listened to uh, was released as a single to promote the album and reached number 56 so not the original time the second time it got to number 56 um, as of July 2018 it's still their last single to hit the UK top 100 oh that seems mental to me that seems a bit crazy um, there is a video to this even though it wasn't released at the time of the album Tim just looks like a baby he does. He does. He just looks. He hasn't aged really, has he? No, it's not weird. Re- not really. But he just looks so young and innocent in this video. Um, I love this song. Great start to the album. Not my pick, but great. not my pick. All right, so let's play it. We don't know what each other's picks. No, did, oh, probably should talk about that. Okay. I don't think so. I think it's fine. All right, you're so pretty. We're so pretty. Yeah. Love this. Love the electronic beats at the start. Tim's voice. I know that this is the this is probably the first example with the falsettos there. I totally dig it. What do people say about it? Like, what is the problem? I'll get it. I'll get to that in the reviews. In the cold, cold eyes of eyes of Judas, oh help me in our hour of weakness. I will secretly accept you, and together we can fly away to another land. Oh, this is my pick. Is it? Dig it. Well, to be honest, this is the thing. On an album that is 10 songs, it's not really a bad song. And, you know, I I was pumping it on the way here. I was like, this is awesome. Sunroof open, window down. Oh, can I just talk about that? So, so this was hilarious because... um, 
So just so everyone knows, when we left the golf course, we're coming back to my house. So Kev needs to park in my visitor's car park. So therefore, I need to really get here first. So for some reason, Kev feels the need to, to race me. <laughs> and I see him like changing lanes. And because he's now got this really um, like midlife crisis car, like speeding off, even though it's a school zone. And I'm like, that. what a loser. You can get there first. But you ain't getting in. <laughs> I realised when I got here, I'm like, and then part oh, of me was like, that, where are you? Maybe you should just drive at forty k's <laughs> the whole way. What a dick. <laughs> so yeah, midlife crisis, sunroof open. You should see the car, and then you can imagine. And I'm like driving, going, he's actually changing lane to take over, like overtake me. What a loser. <laughs> it's my house. I was laughing. I was like, that. Look at him. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, Right, I'm going to play Judas Let's play it all
Love is the key. Love is the key. Love is the key. That was the other single, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes. Released on the 8th of September 2001. Because it's the only one I remember. Number 16. That was the track I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, Great track. Awesome track. The female backing vocals are really good as well. And, you know, when you dig into the lyrics of this album, they're not really as deep as maybe some of the other ones, but it's more around the, the sound or the beats and stuff like that. I don't, I don't really care. It's really hard not to bop along to the song. Um, still not your pick? No. All right, bye. We'll play Love is Key. Yeah. Needs to be told. This is my skipper. Oh, that would have been my second pick, really. Yeah. Oh. Don't really like. This it. is their other release, first of December two thousand and one, number mm. thirty-one. Nah. What don't you like about it? Do you know? I, I talk about this a lot. We cut three tracks in. Are we great. skipping this? Am I actually skipping this? Or... No, I mean you've always got to skip a couple. Uh, that's my vote for a skipper. Uh, you can have there is not there's no other ones I would. Well, okay. maybe one. But I just don't... Do you know what it is? I don't really enjoy the chorus. I don't really like the sound of it. What about the drum and bass bit at the end? Like, fine, but... I really I like that. It's all right. It's just... it's the For me, it's the weakest song on the album. Uh, I, dis- I don't even like his voice on it, really. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. Fact. <laughs> I don't want to pretend or trying. I just don't like it. All right, I well, skip it because I get want to get straight to the next one. Okay. Well, I I really like it, but I'm not. You're right. We have to have some skippers, and we'll skip that one. Uh, I just can't get over losing yeah. you. This is yours. No. Okay. But I like it. I I've put another belter of a song, and yes, the falsetto is there again. But again, I really like it. The music behind the song is excellent. Uh, and the run home with a minute to go is just lovely. Keep our love now, baby, wherever we lie. Teach me whisperings of the blag. Deep down thoughtless feelings, high flyer. Teach me whisperings of the blag. You like the song? Yeah. All right, let's play it a little bit.
The Bell and the Butterfly. Great song. Instrumental. Yeah. Cheeky little instrumental. I like it. They need it. Some albums need it because what they do, I don't know, just if they're done well. I dig this. To me, this like I love this. Because I've gone. It's, it, it, it's electronica. It it's big it. beats. Yes. It's early Chemical Brothers, Dub Pistols, Monkey Mafia. It really is. It's it's just. I like it. I'm dun, 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 dun. Oh, I'm all in on this one. All right. Well, I had that as a no, but if I get to play it, I'm happy because I like it. All right. Well, let's play the bell and the butterfly. And if I fall, no. hey, great song. This is my one of my favourite Charlotte songs. Oh, it's so good. If I fall by the wayside, I'm coming down with my hands tied. There is no fall before my pride. Just for the sake of it, just for the hell of it, just because I need it, just because I want you. I'm really emotional. You are. You're really emotional. And even when it starts, I want to touch somebody. I want to touch somebody for real. I want to change the world. I want to take away their bad things for sure. Are you ready for this? this oh. I'm about to, to drop your world here. Song meanings. This song has zero comments on it. Not one. No, morons. So you could do that. You could write okay. how much you like this song and I what it means it. to you. I've loved it for years. Well, obviously, I've loved it for nearly 20 years. Oh, God. Wow. That's depressing. Not one comment. It's a it's a sleeper of an and album. Fall, fall. Do you know what I like about it too? You know that beat. And yes. It's, and it's kind of offbeat, and it's just beautiful. And the way it starts, I want to touch somebody, and it says voice. Mm-hmm. Not the full set of voice. I want to change the world just for the hell of it, just for the and the chorus. I, I absolutely think this is one of the best Charlotte songs. Oh wow! I might get ripped for that. Don't care, but. Genuinely would be if you said to me, Les, you gotta make a Charlatan's best of playlist top only fifteen songs, it's in. Oh it's in, straight it's away. Definitely in. Oh wow. Good on 
right, that's awesome. This so, is my song, play. All right, and if I fall.
can't wait. Sometimes I'm a wee bit sentimental. Yeah, I know. I'm just about. I can't wait until we get more drink into us. And if I fall, <laughs> I do have a soft side, you know. I know. Um, I'll, uh, I'll get really wor- worried if you tell me you love me or something like that. Oh, I need to. Yeah. We need to cut it. Yeah. Right. Wake up. Probably one of the most classic charlatans chorus sound to it, however, still has Tim falsetto in the verses. Uh, yeah, it probably sounds a bit charlatan, like it's classic charlatans, but mm. still has the falsetto coming through. The guitar breakdown does sound like the charlatans, but then you get the voice. Um, I get that this is probably the most contradicting song because you, you hear it and you go, oh, charlatans. Yeah. And then the voice hits and you go, hmm. For me, I don't care. I found it a little bit abrasive after And If I Fall. But that's, this is, you. we've talked about this. When you love a song so much and then you get the next song, you have a sort of an abrasion to the next song. And that's what's happened to you. <laughs> not that I, yeah. Uh, not really this track, yeah. Not um, one of, it's not one of my favourites. That's because it follows your favourite song. But I like Wake Up. Let's play a bit of Wake Up. Is it in you? You can't like this because you've not skipped anything. That's a skipper. <laughs> I've skipped. Uh, I've skipped. I'd agree. I'd agree. Good song again. Probably not as strong as some in the album. Could see me skipping this if I had a song to cull. Which is exactly where we needed to go anyway. So. Good. Happy days. Ballad of the band. Track oh. 10. My, that was my second pick. Awesome song. And the Bjork like vocals oh who's that singing it doesn't even say who sings on it such a great way to end an album yes. that's a hurrah come on uh it's not quite a hurrah uh, what it's kind of a hurrah don't water down my hurrahs um <laughs> but i do i do really like the fact that the album ends on this you know the album is ended i love the beat in it it doesn't leave don't you think it's a bit dark there's like a that kind of you know that <laughs> Like oh a, god Jesus Just keep that Just yeah, oh, not going to talk anymore. You've been out in sun all day Yeah I have sunstroke I reckon uh, So we will end uh, The episode on Ballad of the Band I do think it's a, It is a good way To end the album And you do walk away going Well the album's finished now uh, Reviews Okay 
Pop Hill, two out of five. I have read again and again that Tim's, Tim Burge's falsetto vocals on Wonderland are a real nuisance. Well, I will repeat this here again, as songs like Wake Up and Love is the Key, to name only a few of the tracks, are partly ruined by the singer, who would have greatly benefited from a more restrained and a conventional way of singing. Overland, overall, Wonderland does not justify its title at all. Oh. And there's lots. Mark, two out of five. The charlatans try to reinvent themselves with a soulful, funky sound. Whilst the guitars are brilliant and the bass is heavy, the tunes are lacking on an overall poor album. 10 out of 10 for trying, but if the tunes aren't there, the tunes just aren't there. Team Vampire, 4 out of 5. These crazy Manchester people went to California, did a whole bunch of drugs and made an amazing record. One of the first albums I ever bought and I'm still listening to it. All the tracks are pretty great. Maybe a little filler, but nothing bad. It's laid back, but there's definitely groove. The LA at night photography on the artwork does seem pretty representative of the blissed out, but could get pretty nasty sounds within. That's awesome. One of the few records I own, which people could theoretically dance to, but that doesn't mean you'll ever see me dancing to it. Uh, Spoonman, 5 out of 5. Stunning and uplifting album. When this album was released, I had bought The Charlatans last couple albums and felt quite disappointed. I was quite shocked at how good this album was. A true phoenix from the ashes. Now here's, here, I'm so interested in this bit. What are you going to give it? You go first. Um, for me, I love this album. It still sounds fresh. Uh, I don't think, and yes, we've called a few, but I actually would play the album end to end. Uh, I wouldn't skip absolutely anything. I think the challenge for me has always been, this is a great album by itself, but there's no um, big, 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 big hitters on this album that take it to that next level. But that's also what I kind of like about this album. Love is the key, I think it is. I mean, it really stands out as a single one. Yeah, and so I don't, I'm sort of too much. Me, 8 out of 10. I'll join you. Hey! Happy days. That's good. Yeah. Win-win. I was very surprised at how much I forgot I liked it. But to be fair, I forgot to listen to anything. But partly today, so... <laughs> Surprising my name. Surprised I'm even here. Let's be honest. Well, you are here and we've got a whole bunch so of drinking left I to do. I genuinely... I'm pleased you picked that. Cheers. Cheers to the Charlotte yeah, and cheers, cheers to Wonderland. Hope everyone yeah. enjoys it. Well done. Uh, That's been your best pick, bite because it's... Been a bit grim. Thanks, mate. I mean, we've had the two. We've had Keen, and we've had bloody athlete, and we had Gomez. JJ, JJ, oh god! But you've got to have the two sides of the coin, mate. Yeah. You've got to have it. Yeah. Right. Cool. You can't get away from the next band. They are. This is mm, listener pick, isn't it? This is listener pick. This is massive. Um, this band. I mean, to be honest, I'm surprised we got this far without talking about them. The band. It's the Arctic Monkeys. Oh no! First album. Whatever people say, I am. That's not. That's what I am not. So yes, it is their first album, which was massive. massive. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about their career. What's Just high level. What's your immediate thoughts on them? I can't remember this album. Mm. If I'm honest, I can't. I can't. I remember some of this. I'm sure. I'm sure the minute I... And that's the thing. I haven't actually put this on. I'm sure the minute I press play, I'll remember it. 
but I can't remember it, which is telling. What's your thoughts? I didn't buy this. Ooh. I remember the hype. So much. I hype. remember obviously the the very very popular single everybody went on about. Mm-hmm. I remember enjoying that. Mm-hmm. I remember enjoying dancing to it. Um, after copious amounts of gin and tonics. Um, but I never bought the album. I've never, never bought into them. Now, doesn't mean I don't know or don't like them. Mm. They've just never been... I don't know if they were one of those bands that came on that cusp for me, where it was... The music was becoming a bit too much... Like, I was lo- not losing interest, but I just wasn't... Mm. This is a big one. Mm. It's is... actually good that we're talking about them, and it'll actually be great to actually spend some time to actually f- genuinely spend time to listen to the album. I've I, I know the album cover. I would recognise it when I saw it. I have lots of mates that have bought it. I think I was a bit too old for the album when it first came Ooh. out. When it first came out, because I was like, yeah, all right. Um. Because when you think about some of the other bands that we've spoken about in the series, some of them were their first albums, but some of them are actually mm-hmm. bands we knew already who had other albums. Correct. Um, I'm going to talk about the first time I saw these guys live. But I think it's uh, it's going to be worth a discussion. It's going to be a great discussion. I look forward to giving the album the actual attention that yeah. it probably does deserve. Yeah, yeah. Um, and see where we land. All right, next week, next episode, I should say, Arctic Monkeys. Uh, Twitter and Facebook at Britpop Banter or email us BritpopBanter at gmail.com. I enjoyed this. This was a good episode. Yeah. Uh, so I picked the winner, finally. Well done. I know, thank you. Know, you know, I'm really proud of you. <laughs> Don't muck it up next time. I <laughs> couldn't win at golf. Because who's winning next? Oh, it's my, who's picking next? Oh, me. It's you after the Arctic Monkeys, mate. Oh, yeah. All right, let's get out of here. We're going to go to the pub. I'm hungry. I could eat some Um, more food. Yeah, me too. All right, everyone, take care, be careful, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, bye.
Find your 